0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm delighted to have with me our special guest today, Morton Cullimore. Morton, how are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, there's a little bit of rain outside, but uh, you know it's not too cold, so despite the dreary weather, it's uh, it's not not too bad for a Corona day.
0: Yeah. Now, depending on where you are in the country, you might know your company very well, or you might not as much. Uh, tell us a bit about Morton C Cullimore.
1: So uh, we were established by my grandfather way back in uh, 1927. So my family was sort of agriculturally, uh, an agricultural family, you know, farms and things like that. My grandfather bought a Model T Ford truck, or whether you can call them trucks, but let's call them a truck, back in in 27. And it had a hand-wound tipper on, on the back of it. Uh, and that's kind of where Morton Calamar sam and was, was kind of born, if you like, uh, in Gloucestershire. And we've been in Gloucestershire for, you know, following 93, 94 years since. So gang, I'm third generation. Uh, my father was managing director and I took over from him as MD probably just over 10 years ago now. So third generation, established and built in Gloucestershire, but operate all over the region and also uh, on the general haulage side of our business all over the UK.
0: Yeah, because the trucks uh, are primarily, it's a tipper, a mix and aggregates fleet, but you've expanded that into some different areas in recent times.
1: Yeah, so I mean, traditionally, you know, in 27, we were moving other people's goods and that's kind of where we've always kept an arm in the sort of general haulage side of things. So that's, you know, that's the oldest part of our business. And then after, after the war, we moved into aggregates and, and hence why we have quite a large aggregate tipper fleet. And then in the, in the sixties, as my father became involved, those aggregates started to go into ready mixed concrete plants of which we, we, we still have two now. So we've got a, a ready mixed concrete fleet as well. So we've got quite a diverse fleet from, you know, the, the, the classic tractor and trailer to, uh, rigid tippers concrete mixers uh, high urban crane lorries and, and a few other things left right and center of that as well
0: yeah and you've got your own quarry site as well
1: yeah so um you know in, in in gloucestershire and wiltshire where where most most of the family land is it's all in either sort of river seven or river thames territory so it's all uh, it goes back to your uh, you know your GCSE geography or in o, you know, o level geography, of old river beds, glacial beds, where there's aggregate. So um, we started digging farmlands back in the day, which you know created this this product, this this raw mineral that that goes into you know all types of construction and, and building houses and schools and all that sort of thing. So yeah, mixed mixed thing. But we got it, we got it, um, two or three quarries. We have uh, a new one hopefully opening there are put a date on anything these days, probably in 2021 in, in Worcestershire and then a couple in Gloucestershire and Wiltshire as
0: well. Your fleet of trucks over the years, has, um, it's it's evolved the same as everything else. I came out to visit you in February, which was right at the tail end of when the world was a happy and normal place to visit um, your longest serving driver, Brian Markey. Yes. And that's that's basically how we, how this this podcast probably came about because I was contacted to say, would you like to come and do an article on Brian, who had been working for you for I believe was it forty eight years at the time?
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's been in the business longer than I've been alive, which is is um, the crazy unique thing of of a family business. Uh, but yeah, Brian Brian has seen me grow up, come in and out of out of the business as a as a child. Um, I probably weighed him on a on a, on a weighbridge uh, in the quarries when I was 11 or 12 years old, and 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 I'm you know, technically his boss. I think Brian will ever probably have a boss. He's always been a pretty self-sufficient chap, but yeah, he's he's one of a number of very long-standing drivers, but he's uh, you know he's kept going up until this Corona situation in which uh, you know he he acted as only the gent that he could be with. A, a glint in his eye, and he just he said to to me and the transport manager. He said, "Look, I need to be at home with my wife during these times because I think Brian probably told you he he he'd probably tried to retire a couple of times because he was um a little bit worried about the new technology in the trucks. And and then kind of when he got over that, he he decided to to come back or stay. Where his retirement lasted about a day, but then as, as Corona came, he he I 'I don't want to be a burden on the company, and I don't want to be burden on the uh, state treasury.'" So I'm just going to retire now be at home with my wife until this uh this all blows over uh, and if you want me back or, or ever need me to come in and cover someone during corona or, or after corona, then just you've just got to give me a shout. so I expect if and whenever normality returns to us, then Brian will probably be uh knocking on the door and I, I say that with love uh but yeah he 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 um I nearly brought a tear to our eye in, in just the way that he gracefully uh his cap
0: that makes it that makes it even more poignant i'm so glad that i was able to come and visit and spend that that day with him because he was so modest he, he genuinely couldn't really see why he deserved the attention of having have been have been focused on for having such a a long period and you could see when he was walking because we had to go and we went and got his old food and jump started and took it out the shed and we got the mechanic. We were in the transport office, and the mechanics and everyone, and everybody. You could see, you could see, it, like the respect and affection everybody had for him. And I, I enjoyed sitting in the truck with him as well because he was in, he was in his manual gearbox Scania. Yeah.
1: He
0: said, I said, um, what, "What would you do if you were given an automatic?" He says, "I've never driven an automatic in my life, and I certainly don't intend to start doing so now." He was quite impressed by the fact his truck had an electronic sheet because he'd had a manual one for so many years.
1: Yeah, really- the thing I you know that 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 Foden he had for for so long, he was offered a new truck because generally we when we buy new vehicles, we 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 kind of offer it to the most deserving. We we, we have kind of a, a merit basis on it, and um, you know those people that look after their vehicles and and um, you know want to do the graft and, and and have respect for for the truck and and, and the business, you know. Brian refused. I, I, I can't tell you how many new vehicles with the you know, uh, you know, new sheeting systems and such and And he was like, "No, no, I, I want to see my time out in, in the Foden. It's still going. And, and to be fair, it could still go and do a day's work um, now. We've we've revamped it. It's going to go into our into our heritage. It was also it wasn't the last Foden that we had from from Foden because I think his was a fifty-four plate off the top of my head um we had a couple of the 56s but um you know the, the actual very last but yeah he uh, uh you know he was he was Foden through and through you know he, he liked that oh old, absolutely. Old british product trying to get him into the scania was a was a was a massive problem but um you know we he got him got him there eventually because it, it was it became a uh you know became a tool to um continue his career because the Foden the although it was 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 going it, it was going to uh Something major was gonna was gonna go on it sooner or later because it was you know done 15 16 years worth of graft.
0: Yeah, I look, I look forward to seeing it when it's all when it's all restored because very few eight wheeler trucks, tippers or mixers or anything like that tend to get saved and restored. They very often get yeah. just they get run until like you say something something catastrophic happens and mechanically and then that's the end of it. In terms of because you do have yeah. uh, you do have a heritage fleet of trucks at Calamores.
1: Yeah, we've got um, we've got a we've got a Foden, we've got a Scammell, we've even got an old um, road rolling there. You're going to ask me in a minute probably what years they are, and, and as I think of it, it's completely left my mind. So yeah, I think as I've grown through the business, as, as I've sort of been involved in it since you know I came back in because I came in and out of the business a couple of times, but uh, as I sort of came in to... The, the directorship it, it's kind of um you know you, you go through a phase of just seeing these trucks as as disposable things you you run them for the 10 11 12 years whatever it was that we used to be able to get out of a out of a vehicle and and then you you'd you break them to serve as donors to uh your other trucks or or you you'd put them into the resale market and, and see what see what happens and i think as i've got older I was like, oh, do you know what i wish i'd kept that one and then you, you kind of look back at Trucks you knew through the years, you're like, oh, why didn't we keep one of those? Because those look stunning now, and you start looking around eBay and all the other places to see whether there's any floating around. And then occasionally you get someone call you up and go, do you remember that truck you had back in '83 or something? You know, I've just seen it in a wood somewhere in someone's garden or something ridiculous like that. (laughs) And uh, you you kind of think, oh, you know, I wish we had one of those. But yeah, we've got. A reg Volvo, Z reg ERFs. Um, we've got little snippets from throughout our history, which is, is really cool. And, and I think 15 years ago, I, I sort of attached myself less to it as a, as a younger man. But now I look back at it and go, actually, that's a representation of what we, what we, what we were, where we've come through, through. And, and, and actually also now with the powers of social media, you realize just how many people out there have, you know still have still got energy for these these older vehicles and you know some of our most popular posts on, on social media has actually um not been the new stuff it's been you know it's been you know i put a post up of our a, a-reg um volvo kind of f8 nine ten something like that and and um that just went off the hook for about six or seven hours in a, in a day of people going oh you know they don't make them like that and, and the rest of it so yeah it, it's very cool there's a, there's a few definitely that I wish we, we still had and uh, we're going to keep Brian's old Foden and we've got the 56 plate Foden which you know which the last truck that we had it was also the last truck that uh, my father and I received to delivery together as as father and son in the business I've also kept that for prosperity. You know, it was a more difficult truck to restore because it was on our, our muck away fleet. So, you know, it had a harder life being off-road and and, and moving, uh, you know, the less desirable material in, in, in our industry. So it needed a lot of work in the body and that. But, you know, the engine is still good. And we've got that um, nice, bright and shiny now. And, and in one of the sheds as well, the problem is with these things is it will take up space and it's, it's where do you where do you put them?
0: yeah you've got to go you've got to go and build more sheds to go and accommodate the trucks yeah well hopefully uh being all all being well in 2021 you'll be able to get them out and get them onto some road runs and classic events i'm sure do do you have um drivers gonna volunteer to go out and take them out
1: do you know what there's 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 a couple of um chaps that we've got i mean they're not even volunteering they're actually asking like can i can i can i take this to that can i take that to that so um you know there's a handful of them that are, are really keen to to do it and, and and know about shows that that uh, let's say a little bit more obscure and that we generally don't hear of, and sort of you know the weekly conversations about things. So yeah, there's there's normally uh, there's normally a, a decent set of, of volunteers as so long as they can take a barbecue or whatever and and and, and drink cider oh. then they're happy.
0: I sounds that's just sounds so wonderful right now, just to know that we we're, yeah. we're, we're possibly gradually edging closer to that sort of possibility one way or the other yeah moving on to your, your modern fleet of trucks um what is the fleet number in total and um what manufacturers do you have on the fleet these days?
1: So we, we've become a little bit, uh, dare I say, messy in the fact that we've got a, we've got a host of things. Uh, normally we were reasonably brand loyal, but I think the truck market has, has changed so much in the last 10 years um, and technology. So on the road, oh, I say on the road, they're not all on the road at the moment, you know, after three months of lockdown, but we've got uh, 60 vehicles that are generally out on, on the road, different applications. We have a couple of Foden still running, not many, but a couple. The rest are DAF, Scania, and in the last 12 to 18 months, we've we started buying uh, Volvo for the first time since the mid-1980s. Yeah, predominantly DAF. We kind of moved to DAF after Foden went because it was the obvious traje- trajectory. You know, we knew the product and it still shared a lot of the Foden, uh, you know, the Foden tech that we were used to because we've got our own workshops and therefore our own engineers and our own mechanics. So it was a familiar product to us. Then, you know, went through a, a period that as the technology changed and we had AdBlue and things like that, because we carry aggregate, the the payload is important to us. And therefore we were looking at what is the lightest chassis. And uh, that brought us into Scania for a while because they generally run a lighter chassis so we could get more payload on, onto the vehicle. You know, And then as emissions changed again, then we, we, we found manufacturers sort of um, jiggling around with engine sizes and that. And being in Gloucestershire, you're in the heart of uh, four or five valleys, so you've got to go uphill. And we just generally found that you know, these smaller engines that were just chipped to produce more power didn't necessarily do it for us on, on the MPG. And, you know, in a very old fashioned way, we just found, you know, you couldn't beat cubic capacity on, on those things. So when people like MAN, because we've had a few MANs as well, but when when people like MAN sort of went down from the nine or 10 litre engine down to like the 6.9 or whatever, they, they started to run for a while, but they chipped it up. We just, we found that they struggled just. Because of the geography of our mm-hmm. our region, so yeah, you know, as I said, Scania were producing the the lightest chassis, so we went there. So we've we've had a we've had a sort of pairing of DAF and Scania for quite some time. But as I said, in the last eighteen months, uh, Volvo has shown more interest in us. They were always the most expensive product in us, just maybe a historical thing there. But they've been more keen to get product in us um, at a comparative price because because we. We buy all our vehicles, you know, and we keep them for their lifespan. That's our philosophy, you know. It, it is. It becomes about what is the best deal on on on, mm-hmm. on a unit, and Volvo and always a little bit heavier the price.
0: Yeah. I also happen to think that a policy of keeping our vehicle and maintaining it well for its entire lifespan environmentally, that's the most friendly option, as opposed yeah, to sure. getting a truck in for five years. And then throwing it away for export, where it's a, you know it gets all its emissions equipment taken off it. There's a lot to be said for continuing to run a truck for its full lifespan, but that won't be quite as easy as it was back when you had a, like a boat anchor Cummins engine that would just run forever. Things are a lot more complicated now than they were. Yeah. Um, speaking of Volvo, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity last week. I went out and drove the new Volvo range which we were supposed to drive in March. And they've got the brand new, completely redesigned FM and FMX tipper. And I was out in the FMX 460 13-litre tipper, which probably wouldn't do you too well in payload with that engine. But good grief, what what an animal of a thing. It just...
1: Yeah.
0: Straight up to 56 miles an hour and it would sit there all day. They've come on on huge leaps. Yeah, Yeah. we would
1: choose to have... um... Uh, another publication doing their, their annual tipper test in, in our quarry, you know, uh, that's a few our, weeks back. That's
0: our sister publications.
1: So yeah, they, they the last few years they've been coming and doing their, their, their tipper tests with us uh, in one of our quarries and, and moving between a couple of our sites, just uh, testing all the new new gear. So I was looking forward to that. I had it in my diary that, uh, you know, to come and have a nose around because it gives me an extra sneak peek on, on, on what's going on. So yeah, I had heard the new Volvo was going to be a part of that pack. It's a shame they miss it. You know, unfortunately, mm. we don't have any of those um, on order at the moment. It's the the sort of uh,
0: twenty nineteen yeah. variant. Um... Week week forty, apparently, you can order them from again. Well, that's still fresh in my memory. Yeah, no, the tipper. T- I mean, the commercial motor tipper test, which takes place annually at your quarry. I mean, it, it's a great day out for all the PR people from the various truck manufacturers because they get to take the rake wheeler, take it to your quarry, and then they go and get to run them through enormous puddles. And create yep. a huge mess in a fashion that. And if I, I used, I used to drive a tipper full time, and if you got caught driving through a puddle like that, in a quarry, or if anybody saw you, you would be banned off site if you did it in yeah, real yeah. life. But it is always it always looks so amazing and dramatic when these things are splashing with mud going all over the shop. Um, yeah, sometimes
1: you know, big units like that. Just they, they, they need that. Uh that photo we have to we have to operate in such a, a sterile environment uh, these days and, and sometimes you just the the old school of us probably just you know miss the the noise and, and the like you said the, the splash and big things making big big messes in in, you know, in a positive way not than anything else so yeah no that that photo opportunity moment of uh, at the end of the test where uh, yeah they make the splash is is, oh, yeah, is pretty cool that's it.
0: With with everything, I'm saying, you know, it's not it's not cancelled. It's merely postponed, and we'll, we'll be back yep. to that soon enough before we know it. In terms of the fleet, do you still specify anything with a manual gearbox in it? Or are we all automatic now?
1: We the last twelve months or the last eighteen months or so, we 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 we're, we're changing our philosophy. So generally, we have moved to an auto box, but an auto box, preferably with that clutch pedal still there. Um, yeah, the Scania. I'll well,
0: you that.
1: Yeah, because um, the the problem is, or while why we've always kept manual before, uh, even though the the auto technology has been very good for a number of years, isn't it? is its that obviously with our, our away fleet, especially, um, you know, our, our trucks go off road, and what we found is that some of the auto boxes didn't deal with that real wet off road uh, site condition stuff because it didn't allow. Uh, the driver to to build the power to get that pull away if they're they're starting to get stuck or, or, or whatever. So generally we've always always had the the, the manuals, but um, yeah, the the scanning unit with that, that clutch pedal allows you to build the revs a little bit to 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 get that grunt to to pull away. But the uh, as the auto boxes and the technology like anything these days is moving so quickly, you know, just in domestic vehicles, let alone trucks. That's becoming less of a concern for us. So, um, you know, it's moved on and the, and the traction is is better. But we've yeah, we've we've probably been one of the last to move to the auto purely for, for that reason because of the nature of work we do and it's it's important that all our vehicles um are, a dual role, you know, so they can do everything rather than uh you know we're, we're not buying one trick ponies because as I said you know we we buy it for for a truck for its life, and, and therefore we need to be confident that it can do this a different job in, in three years' time.
0: Yeah, I mean, as it stands, you can still have... I mean, we, the two trucks you're using, mainly Scania and DAF, you can have a manual gearbox in most of the range, but as yeah. time goes on, I do suspect as Euro 6E comes in and ultimately Euro 7, it's going to be harder and harder to get a hold mm-hmm. of them, but like you said, last week, driving that, that FMX, the throttle control... The, was so intricate the, the most gentle input in the throttle you could influence what that truck's going to do and yeah. you just didn't you just didn't have that sort of before but uh, there's yeah. also an element to a manual for drivers but it's just the sheer enjoyment of being able to change gear yourself you know trucks are trucks are enjoyable you know they're not just like a washing machine where yeah, it does it's, it just forms it, a it,
1: it's, it, it's having that it's having that control isn't it and I, I suppose it, it depends what generation you you sort of you you grow up in in trucks you know I'm at a, I'm at that age where when I learned to drive a truck it was still on an Eaton twin split and and then you know things things changed, and I looked at the new manual gearbox and I was like well I don't know what to do with that because I'm used to having to rev it and, and you know and, and get through that twin split box but you know, I think the younger guys that are in their 20s now that are coming into the HGV driving, you know, they're used to. They're, they're, it's just what they, you know, what they fall into is the auto box and, you know, things like the Volvo Y-Shift and all that. They're just like, you put them in the manual and they're like, you know, what is this black magic you speak of? You know, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's what you know, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, each driver has a favourite, it's the same and some people only want to be in the phone. And some people only want to be in the Scania. And but like you say, you know, I came through manuals, but equally there's new Scania's, there's there's, there's next generation generation Scania's, the AutoBox, and I can't do like them. I've got, I've got a real soft spot for them.
0: I do. It's something yeah. that's it's quite. I mean, Scania's old automatic system did only come previously with the clutch pedal on it. And as it's gone on, it's become a sort of love-it-or-hate-it thing. Some drivers really don't like them because it's sort of half-and-half. And if half. And I'd find that I would... I've not driven one for a while, but I would tend to stall it the first time I pulled up to a junction because I forgot the clutch pedal was there. Once I'd remember, but it was great. And I think it's I think it's the best of both worlds, you know, just to have that clutch to start and stop. Um, yeah. I and I, I think it's a good thing that they still offer it. I believe they still also they do an offering... Um, where the clutch isn't connected to the clutch mechanically, it's done by like fly by wire, like the throttle. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's a uh, clutch and yeah, demand. No, not, I've not tried one of them. I'm a little bit behind with the Scania's that I've driven compared to other stuff. Although, having said that, I'm a bit behind with everything now because I've not driven anything in anger since March.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I'm a big, big fan of that that Scania system. Yeah, the, the, the clutch is there. I mean, like you say, most of the time it's redundant, but. You know, it's it gone over the days when a clutch pedal you literally had to, to to stand on it with all eighty or ninety kilos of your of your weight. It's uh, you know, it's quite a soft thing there, and it just it gives you that little bit of extra manipulation when you when you need it. So, as like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. But then I've not having not owned many Volvos for for a while, and I've not really experienced their system too much. But um, you know we had the first of ours come through sort of mid to late last year and uh, i haven't uh, i haven't spent too much time, but so we'll we'll see how it goes but yeah i, I like i think like you said it's best of both, best of both
0: Do we want to talk about um the events that sort of happened as as corona came in in march because it crept up kind of very suddenly on the industry and yeah. from from my point of view, I've got an owner driver, Chris Madison, who I do the podcast with regularly. And I remember us talking like the the night Boris Johnson locked the country down, where he was in a panic, where he's like, Am I gonna have to park my truck up here? Where we didn't know at the time whether transport could even keep moving as it happened. The industry just kept going throughout throughout all of it. You know, they were they were remarkably self sufficient. You know, the the government didn't give transport a whole lot of guidance, and they just kept the wheels turning.
1: Yeah, so I, it, it, it's a tricky one because i you know, I, I think as you know, I, I, I sort of um, I speak with a few hats on. You know, obviously MD of of, of but also uh, on the board of directors of the RHA. So I kind of have several angles on 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 everything. I mean, in terms of our our company um yeah it was a strange time really 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 um frustrating time because because we operate in so many s- sort of sub-sectors of of trucking and construction and transport you know it, it's it's we weren't we haven't been as busy as as, as some but then busy in, in other parts it was kind of the the week before so while we don't have a seasonal game um we are definitely busier you know, in the lighter months of the year, so March through to, let's say, end of November, you know, the week before, forgetting what political creed in colour um, people are, the election delivered, a you know, quite a, you know, a, a, uh, uh, you know a significant result in the fact that we had a, a definite decision, you know, there was one team in, in power, and I think 2020 was shaping up to be quite a big year because it was kind of like, okay, we've had this four years of procrastinating, arguing, debating, and all the rest of it. There's a decision to be made. There's a specific mandate in place. We're moving forward. And we definitely felt that as a business, um, you know, come the end of Feb, beginning of March, our forward order book was ridiculous. And I was, I was looking, I was like, finally, you know, we've unlocked whatever's been going on and I, feel, I felt like the country was moving forward, um, regardless of whether you wanted Brexit or didn't want Brexit. It's like, right, okay, 2020, we're all going to crack on there, and it's just done. Not much more we can do about it, we're moving on. And our forward order book was ridiculous. Um, and that Monday morning, because uh, the an- an- announcement was Monday night from memory, that Monday morning, I was looking forward and I was like, yeah, we've got a lot of work on these next three or four months. I was thinking, well, do we need to get a few more trucks in? Do we need to, write? Do we need to start hiring some more drivers now? Um, all the rest of it. Then the announcement sort of came that Monday night. And I thought, right, okay, I, I'm going to have to make sure I'm in early tomorrow because people, people are going to start wanting answers and start wanting the, you know questions, worries, concerns, whatever. We need to start planning. So I went into the office at, at uh, just four or six uh, o'clock the orders were still there. went into a meeting at about half past seven. I came out of that meeting at, I think, 8.30, 8.40. I uh, walked downstairs to my traffic office, and I saw everybody's faces, and I uh, really had just fallen off a cliff. You know, all the aggregate, um, where we had had three months uh, solid work on our forward order book, big volumes, um, you know, aggregates rise, moving, that sort of stuff. It's just all gone. And In the space of two hours, it's just all gone so that was tuesday morning by by thursday morning by mid thursday morning our trucks had completed the sort of little projects they were booked on that week and by late thursday morning that most of my vehicles had nothing nothing at all other than the ones that were moving sort of general haulage moving flour and food and that sort of thing which which did carry on like you say and i was like right well that's uh 57 lorries now with nothing <laughs> what do I do with this? Um, and it was it was, you know, it was a period of, of shock for a lot of people and, and I you know, I think as a as a as an owner you you just crack on, you make the decisions. And it was a difficult time because there was all there, there was so many different emotions, so many different people, there's people saying, Oh we well, still gotta go on, you know, I'm isolated in the truck and anyway, so I, I feel safe, you know, I wanna carry on working and, 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 and that But then there was also people out there on social media saying, well, I'm seeing this, you know, Thursday morning, I'm seeing your tip is still moving around. Now, they're not asking themselves, well, actually, is the aggregate we're taking to a utilities project for a sewerage or for a waterworks or... You know, for gas or all those things—that things that still need to happen because we're still all living. Exactly. Um, there was there were
0: so many things moving that you would think, well, why is that lorry moving like coils of steel? It's it's going to make fences for a farmer's field to keep his cattle in. You know, there was
1: yeah, there yeah. was
0: plastic packaging materials so you can put food in them. You know, so much stuff kept moving, but of course, like you said, there were people. I did see it in social media. People, are like, why is you why is your truck going there? Why is it doing that? But yeah. it was it was it was a really curious time. Once we get a bit of distance between it in hindsight to look back at it and digest it, it was it was a, a very strange few strange few weeks there. As you know, the industry, I think, the government well just decided they were like they they wanted transport to keep moving or, as much of it as possible because they knew that if it didn't, that then it would have been it could have been like catastrophic. You you could have had like. It, Things falling like dominoes, and thankfully, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't. There was a lot of tough decisions to be made by hauliers, and, and I think the, the industry yeah, yeah. did. The industry did, and one of the rare occasions, everything kind of
1: pulled together in
0: the one direction. I yeah, think, yeah,
1: yeah no, it, it, um, you know, it was great, and and uh, I think, uh, if you want to, you know, do the old cliche of, of taking massive positives from a very, very negative thing, you know, something that hopefully we won't have to experience again in our, in our lifetime but is that a the realization of the importance of the industry uh be the realization of the importance of the truck driver you know and the fact that that panic buying thing you know we had a little um to, to complete tangent for a second but we had a little window of an example of 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 supply chain and how important it is mm-hmm. right when the the chaos kfc debacle right and i'd say it with a smile on my face but KFC's logistical system software shut down for a, for a day or two, whatever it was, uh, probably two years ago now, and no KFC outlet had chicken for, for for a week or two, you know, and they were rationing the stuff because they didn't they don't have it, and it was kind of like that. Just shows you, if logistics doesn't work if transport doesn't work, you get a very quick, immediate shutdown and response, and I think what what Corona or COVID has is is, is is brought to the fore which is great and we can't let it go is that that whole panic buying thing, right? hauliers mm-hmm. have had to keep moving, right? Because otherwise those shelves would never have got restocked. And there's been so many people that have completely ignored for def- different reasons, the link between the truck and, and what goes on our shelves and, and not just supermarkets, but you know, all shops and uh, you know, with my RHA hat on, it's something that I've been working on the last few months. Is a look, let's look after our drivers better. Let's make sure they've got the welfare facilities when they turn up to these distribution centres and all the rest of it. And we've all seen what's going on in the press about that and people being refused, which is is just not right. No, we're still, um, but we're it's still all, getting
0: it. We're still getting reports. Yeah, you know, uh, know.
1: regularly.
0: And it, we can't tend. We're tending to get a bit of a reaction if we can if we can identify them individually. Uh, builders, yep. merchants have been quite problematic. But yeah, that was that was a huge problem. And, and like you say, these trucks are performing an essential service. And, and if the trucks only stop for a day, then you've already got a lag yeah. in the supply chain. It's so delicately it, it, balanced.
1: Yeah, it, no, it absolutely is. And I think because we're all so, um, you know, we're, 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 we're trying to move into a new era of being eco, being uh, global, friendly environment and all the rest of it, which you're absolutely right there's no no issue for me on there but the truck has been used as a scapegoat for that right and i think where, where people miss a link is just oh well we can move it on vans well actually to, to move an arctic unit the same amount of goods you need 16 17 vans to do that job right mm-hmm. to move the same amount of goods and and those are less regulated you know, not as well looked after, not all of them, but, you know, in terms of volume. And they don't meet the same emissions regulations. Um, you know, so it, it's kind of like now we are starting to understand how important a truck is. And it's re-engaged people. Uh, and you see countless stories also of, of you know, with, with the, and rightly so, the NHS Heroes campaign uh, and people celebrating that that side by side that some people have next to that NHS rainbow flag have put thank you truckers. And I I don't think that should ever be ignored. And I I remember a few weeks into the the lockdown when I was driving down the M5 uh, pretty isolated because there was only a few trucks on there, you know, when things were really at its quietest. Now I drove under a bridge uh, near the Gloucester services and I saw a, a flag um, there that someone had put out and it, it said thank you truckers and it's those little moments that make you realise that how important these things are and how, how grateful we should we should be and also that there are people out there that don't just want to chastise our in- industry and, and I think, you know, I hope and I have banged the door so many times to the Gloucestershire MPs to say look, let's not ignore this now. Let's not uh, let's not just sweep this under the carpet when this is all over, if, it, if it's ever all over. That we we need to be more aware of this industry and its people. So um, yeah, I won't I won't sleep sleep on that that uh, notion. So that's my warning out there for um, the powers that be. Uh, I'm going to be banging this drum for a long time to come.
0: Fantastic, yeah. It, it's um, like you say. If there's anything that can be positive that can come out of something really really terrible uh, is hopefully that we can maybe improve the image and the reputation of the industry among the general public and get more people to think yes this is a career for me and sort of something that i want to do because it was not something i don't think it's ever something that's really talked about there's an obsession and there has been going back a long time at schools where they want to push as many people into university as possible and I, i left school in 1997 and it was like that then and you know th- there needs to be more people who do physical things in the country and make things. And yeah. driving driving trucks isn't just sitting behind a steering wheel. Your 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 driver's your first of point of contact with customers. It's a more diverse and it's a more demanding role than a lot of people would think, especially when you consider the the negative aspects of it. People, there's people. I would like to challenge some MPs to go and say, you know, you're absolutely busting for the toilet. You've driven three hours to get to this stop, and somebody will seriously stand there and tell even a female driver go behind that skip. <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, And that's what it was. Yeah, just well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it in any other in any other profession. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't get away with uh, You know, in, in an office or, or or any you know anywhere else, you just wouldn't you wouldn't do it and. It's like how many of us, you know, what what I equate is also is like well, a lot of us before Corona used to go to offices to work, right? Well, how many of us would go into our office, do a day's graft, and then pull out a bunk bed and, and sleep in the office to then start there the next day? We just don't do it, and and we need to appreciate exactly what these, would, these, these drivers do.
0: Would you sit at your desk until you would you sit at your desk for four hours until you're absolutely busting to go to the toilet? and then go, you know, it's,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, I think, and I hope that we've got some light at the end of the tunnel, we've got a positive, a slightly more positive outlook going forward, I'm always saying in the podcast, things seem to be looking to be going in the right direction, and I, and I hope that, you know, there's going to be some changes, a lot more people, we have now realised that people can work from home as well, as opposed yeah. to go to an office all the time, there's a lot of commuting people who'll be going to offices in London and things that should never go back. They should be able to stay at home and not burn petrol and diesel and have a massively higher quality of life. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's this case in point. You know, the truck has always been ban- you know bandished as, as the one that's causing the emissions and therefore the problems. and That's why we're seeing these emission zones in, in, in towns and cities these days. But look at the emissions reports over the last three months, right? The, the, the emissions are like unbelievably different. Yet, the trucks mm-hmm. 70 or 80 percent of the trucks, if not more, have remained on the road throughout Corona, and, and yet the emissions have dropped like in a ridiculous amount. And that's a testament to it's the cars not being on the road exactly. The it's it's like older vans as well. I mean, I,
0: I like my old cars, I'm really passionate about my old Vauxhalls. The, the one thing that I would like to see removed from the road is, like, 10 to 15-year-old diesel vehicles. Like, you know, your sort of yeah. O6-plate transit connects and things, because the smell and the emissions that coming out of them is unbelievable compared to what... You could park 10 brand-new Scania's or Volvos sitting with their engines running, and it would be warm air coming out of it, and it would be nowhere near as bad as what's coming out one old diesel vehicle. So Yeah,
1: yeah. I, think, you know, I, I, don't, I don't... Those days are coming for sure, I think you know the, the DFT are now they 're now aware of, of, of that, and I think the, the the world of vans because of all the couriers and the Amazons and all that sort of thing that, that are about they're, they're aware that 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 needs to be more regulate, re- regulated I think it 's probably come a little bit mm-hmm. late um, in comparison to the industries as, as a whole, but um, it 's definitely on on the, on the radar, and I think that will change over the next few years. Um,
0: lucky like like say just as a little aside have you with your trucks do you do you have any that cover like a particularly high distance like on trunk operations because i like to ask most people this have you ever considered or had a look into using an alternative um drive line such as lng gas is that something you've ever considered
1: yeah, it's, um, I think definitely we'll be, we'll be looking at these things more o- over the next year or two, assuming that, that life does come back to normal and that there is an economic recovery. I think the problem we've got as a business is because each of our units has a very multifaceted life. It, it does lots of different things is that we don't really have any one truck that just does one type of work uh, yeah, where you that's... can just plan for that accessibility to, wherever it be gas or, or, or um, whatever um, because we're a, a you know small private independent in, in the west country you know the way we are efficient and the way that we earn our crust is to work those vehicles whatever the weather however it is and and, and you know that could be that one of our tractor units is pulling flour four days of the week for uh, a local mill But then it doesn't have work on the friday so then it it hooks up to an aggregate trailer and does you know different sort of work where it will burn more fuel so it's difficult i think Um, technology and also some availability of the resource in in the infrastructure that, that need to sort of move forward before. Company like us can fully fully go into that sort of
0: thing, but I think it's coming for sure. Yeah, now well I know with the gas trucks, I've got a vested interest in gas because I did fifty thousand kilometres on a, a gas truck before I got this job. That was what I did, but just before yeah. trucking driver. But yeah, with gas, you tend to find that it's like double shift trunk operations where the things are going the same places and back all the time. Yeah. That's where you can get your business case for it. And it sounds like you're. It sounds like you've got too you've got a bit too much variety to quantify the the large extra expense of buying the gas truck at this sort of sort of point.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it comes down to, you know, our tippers, for example, would maybe visit ten, twelve different sites mm. and, and they'll move where the construction is happening. So that could be one part of the region, you know, for one month and another mm. for another. So it's tricky and it's also the whether there's any difference in that, you know, obviously if you're carrying gas and you don't have the, you know, I've never so seen a gas fuel. I've
0: never seen but, a gas uh, tipper, thus far. Yeah, that's and I've not, I've not. It's seen whether it takes
1: any... up more space or well, affects yeah. well, the
0: payload or things like that. But yeah, like, I mean, moving and the thing is about a modern diesel vehicle as well. People are saying, you know, it's oh look at the Tesla truck, it's coming in and this is coming in, and I would say that you know modern diesel vehicles are going nowhere for a long time to come. They're, uh, yeah, yeah. they're extremely efficient and there isn't really anything on the table. that You've got the, the, the earliest movement with hydrogen coming in. There was a picture on the internet of a load of Hyundai trucks coming off a ship that are, are running yeah. on that. But I think diesel diesel's going to be here for a long time to come. But also diesel is, with Euro 6 going through step C, step D, it's also incredibly clean. You could go go and start up, you know, an old an old Foden from twenty years ago, and sit it beside a modern DAF and you'll see the the phenomenal jump that the truck manufacturers have made. And maybe that's not a message that's been got across to the public, and it can be tied in with, look at how low these emissions have been since all your cars have been at home.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's um, they are the 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 way they're going about things. Uh, you know, emissions and, and the way that trucks are you know serviced six weekly and, and all the rest of it they're inevitably going to be working more efficiently than, than a lot of the, the cars that are out there on the road but um yeah it's it's, it's, it's education and un- understanding and uh it's we just got into a culture of blaming the truck for everything because people don't like to be stuck behind them at, at 56 miles an hour and they don't understand that you know in a 40 mile an hour zone the truck's got to do 30 mile an hour and they go well, why are these so slow why they're in the way they're belching out this this that and the other and making noise and all the rest of it and we just got into this culture of people banging on about that and not understanding the reality of it And uh, it's just lack of education on it
0: it is so which, which are plans for the rest of the rest of the week do you do you tend to work from home a lot more now if you've been going back and forth to the office
1: again back and forth obviously with more people back in now i mean we're still we're still not um back to normal as such in terms of work because obviously new build construction is still not happening and that's where a, a large portion of my fleet is involved so we still have people on the job retention scheme unfortunately um but yeah it, it's for us it's about controlling numbers in the office because obviously when we built our main office which you visited uh, a few months ago Uh, we didn't have in mind Corona or social distancing, so, so to speak. I mean, we've got quite a generous office there and, you know, with only sort of 12 people that that live there, but, uh, it's difficult having us all round and and going through corridors and that because corridors aren't made for two meter or one meter social distancing sort of type affair. So, yeah, we kind of, I I was in yesterday. I should probably uh, swing in this afternoon and then I should probably work from home maybe tomorrow. Uh, just to keep the numbers down and I'll be in on, on, on Friday because we have a few people that aren't working Fridays at the moment. So I go to pick the numbers up and, 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 you know, uh, keep an eye on, on, on things and, and put some plans in for the, the week following. So yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't made to work from home. I'm not that type of person. People, uh, uh, are used to seeing me in, in um, trousers covered in either paw prints or quarry material. That's why you'll never see me in a suit. And also jumping in a truck, moving around the yard. Uh, and also, you know, when a new one comes, which we've we've had a couple actually been delivered while Corona has come, and they've just been parked there for a couple of months, not not uh, not driven. I I kind of jump in them and and they driving around the yard just so they're showing some, some love. So, um, yeah, I'm not made to be at home, so I will uh, I continue to try and be in as much as, as, much as possible. But if we've got the, the office pretty loaded up, you know, all the accounts people and all the rest of it, then you just have to sometimes be the one that steps back and, uh, um. you know, and tries to, to control it.
0: Thank you very much for coming on the show, Morton. I look forward yeah, to... No I look forward to paying you another visit, hopefully before too long. I think I might just invite myself along to the tipper test. Yeah. I've always wanted yeah. to go to one of those.
1: No, no, they're great fun. And like I say, it's specifically brilliant for us because it's, you know, seeing it in our backyard and, you know, being able to actually crawl over these things, it's because we own the vehicles the way we do, we 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 like to see the nuts and bolts. There's a lot of people that just sort of buy these off-the-shelf products these days, and, and you know, because they're going to flip them back in on finance in two or three years or whatever it is, and therefore it doesn't matter. It becomes a disposable asset, and uh, it becomes somebody else's problem. Which, again, like you touched on earlier, is. You know really what are we what are we saving in terms of the global environmental thing but uh you know it's great for us to to be able to 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 look at it and its nice niceness in the backyard and your sister publication is 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 you know, very you know great good at giving us as praise for that so it's uh it's appreciated but uh yeah come along So even if you come along for an hour or two, it's good just to stand up oh. and watch these
0: things being loaded oh we're coming down from Scotland'll be there for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, hopefully, uh, if, if normality is, we, we'll we'll be able to uh, have a, a beer or a coffee and, 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 and
0: yeah.
1: talk about what we what we thought was what we thought was the best on the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Great. Thanks very much, Morton, and uh, say hello to All Brian right. for me when you see him again.
1: I will do. We'd, we'd, I promised um, I'd pro- because he's kind of his retirement has just sort of potential retirement he may be back you don't know I, I i don't want it just to get absorbed by this corona thing and, and uh you've got to,
0: to him, a, you've got to have a party for yeah. him but if it's not be if it's not yeah, going yeah. to be a retirement party you just have to do like a yeah an, a, an employment I'd, celebration party or something i, I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah no, no i i've said the first thing i want to do when it's when it's the right time assuming that we'll still have some weather at some point is that I, you know, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a pig from our from our farm and do a massive barbecue for, for everyone to say, look, you know, we've come out to the other side and let's let's have a, have a glass of cider or something and a, and a bit of a hog roast. So um, yeah, desperate desperate to do that when the time is right. Brilliant! Oh, the thought of that—that's
0: just the sort of things that keep me <clears throat> going. Cool. Thanks again, yeah. Morton, and I'll uh, love no to have worries. you back on the show again soon. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news 100 for drivers visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of truck and driver magazine which publishes on the last friday of every month the truck and driver podcast is produced by sound rebel to find out more please visit soundrebel.co.uk